All right. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Kelby Gutz along here with Joshua Joven. Hello. And today we chose to talk about the population of people impacted by HIV and AIDS. So a few things we're going to talk about are what is HIV and AIDS? How does it affect people? What are their symptoms like? The history behind it and the stigma attached to HIV and AIDS. So we know in the past there's been a lot of controversy and ignorance behind HIV AIDS. But since this is a project for school, we're going to educate you so you can have knowledge about this topic and not be ignorant towards its victims. So we're just going to jump right into this. HIV and AIDS is short for Human Immunodeficiency Virus Infection and Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. The Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome has a spectrum of conditions caused by the infection with the Human Immunodeficiency Virus. It severely damages your immune system and interferes with your body's ability to fight infections and other diseases. HIV can be transmitted sexually. It can also be transmitted through infected blood. So this could be using infected needles. Mothers can give it to their child while they're pregnant, during childbirth or breastfeeding. You can't become infected with HIV through ordinary contact. So that means you can't catch HIV from uh, hugging, kissing, or shaking hands with someone who has the infection. There's currently no cure for HIV AIDS, but medication can dramatically slow the progression of the disease. These drugs have reduced AIDS deaths in many developed nations. Now we're, oh, so now we're going to go through the symptoms of HIV and AIDS. The symptoms of HIV and AIDS vary depending on the phase of infection. The first stage is primary infection, acute HIV. Some people infected by HIV develop a flu-like illness within two to four weeks after the virus enters the body. This illness, known as primary acute HIV infection, may last for a few weeks. Possible signs and symptoms include fever, headache, muscle aches, and joint pain. These symptoms can be so mild that you might not even notice them. However, the amount of virus in your bloodstream is quite high at this time. As a result, the infection spreads more easily during primary infection than during the next stage. The next stage is the second stage. This is symptomatic HIV infection. As the virus continues to multiply and destroy your immune systems, your immune cells, you may develop mild infections or chronic signs and symptoms such as fever, oral yeast infection, uh, shingles, and pneumonia. The third stage is progression to AIDS. Thanks to better antiviral treatments, most people with HIV in the U.S. today don't develop AIDS. Untreated HIV typically turns into AIDS in about 8 to 10 years. When AIDS occurs, your immune system has been severely damaged. You'll be more likely to develop opportunistic infections or opportunistic cancers, diseases that wouldn't usually cause illness in a person with a healthy immune system. The signs and symptoms of some of these infections include a recurring fever, chronic diarrhea, persistent white spots in your mouth, and persistent fatigue. So now we wanted to talk a little bit about the history of HIV and AIDS. So in 1981, a case of rare pneumonia was found in five young, previously healthy gay men in Los Angeles. At the same time, there were reports of men in New York with an unusually aggressive cancer. In December of 1981, the first cases of this rare pneumonia were reported in people who had injected drugs. 
By the end of the year, there were 270 reported cases of severe immune deficiency amongst gay men, and 121 of them have died. In June of 1982, there were starting to be a lot of cases amongst gay men in Southern California, and it's suggested that the cause of the immune deficiency was, uh, was sexual, and the syndrome was initially called gay-related immune deficiency. Later that month, the disease was reported in hemophiliacs. Finally, at the end of 1982, the CDC used the term AIDS for the first time. In January of 1983, AIDS was reported among the female partners of men who had the disease, suggesting it could be passed on via heterosexual sex. In June, the first reports of AIDS in children hinted that it could be passed on via casual contact but this was later ruled out and it was concluded that they probably directed probably directly acquired aids from their mothers before during or shortly after childbirth by september the cdc identified all major routes of transmission and ruled out transmission by casual contact so this was sharing food water or air uh, before the cdc found out the routes of transmission people were terrified in cities with multiple cases, people pulled their kids out of school for the fear that they would get AIDS. They didn't go outside. They thought, if that, they thought that if you were a gay man, you probably had AIDS. They thought if you encountered someone who had it, you could catch it. Because until that point, they didn't have a lot of knowledge on the subject. As time went on, not everyone agreed with the CDC. And people were villainizing their victims of AIDS. Saying that... They either had to be gay or a drug user because those were the common ways you could get it. Although in reality, anyone could get it. In 1991, NBA superstar Magic Johnson announced to the media that he had tested positive for HIV. I personally remember when I was young in the late 2000s hearing about AIDS for the first time. From what I saw and heard, I thought that only gay men got it. I didn't know that the mainstream population was able to get it as well. I didn't think less of Magic Johnson because he had HIV, but it was definitely strange to hear of a, a straight man having HIV. Magic getting HIV changed the perception of who could get it. He was a straight male who didn't use drugs, so this was a huge eye-opener for many people who were skeptical. Now we're going to be talking about stigma of HIV. HIV stigma succumbs to negative beliefs and attitudes about people with HIV. A lot of stigma comes around people thinking that only certain people, groups of people can get HIV, such as people that are like gay or do drugs, or that people deserve HIV because of the choices that they made. HIV stigma affects the well-being and mental health of people living with HIV. Internalized stigma or self-stigma happens when a person takes in the negative ideas and stereotypes about people living with HIV and start to apply them to themselves. This can lead to a feeling of shame, isolation, and poor mental health. The only real way to stop HIV stigma is to educate people on HIV and to act. If you witness someone being negative and starting rumors, say something about it and educate the people that may not have the right information. I hope that we have successfully been able to educate you on HIV AIDS and the symptoms, history, and stigmatization of HIV and AIDS. It is a very horrible disease that affects many people. We hope that by listening, your views on HIV-AIDS has changed and that people will be less ignorant towards the victims. Thank you for listening to our podcast on living with HIV-AIDS. 
Have a great day and stay inside and stay safe.